morning, honored assembly. Thank you for joining me today in this one day session. Session uh, we can define as touching or gathering or collecting the heart mind. So for the next many hours, we'll do just that, collect the heart mind. And we can look at a session, this session, as an open invitation to stay with the breath and the body. And we become acquainted with these meditation bodies, gently abiding in non-judgmental awareness, gathering, touching, and collecting this mindful presence in all of our activities of the day. And I might add, it's beautiful Zazen weather, if you didn't know this is the ideal, <laughs> ideal way to practice. As always, I want to thank my teacher, uh, Galen Roshi, for her continuing support and tutelage. So back in December, uh, <clears throat> many of us partook in a five-day Rohatsu session, uh, which celebrates um, Buddha's enlightenment. Uh, that was led by Galen Roshi and Mary Carroll. And uh, we meditated and we recited Dogen's Mountains and Water Sutra as our main practice study. <clears throat> And it was Mary Carroll, I believe, uh, who pointed out many times um, how Dogen urges or even admo admonishes us to study this thoroughly. He says that a lot in all his fascicles. This is an ongoing mantra running through many, many of his essays. You should study this without delay. The study can, of course, include um, intellectual and cognitive approaches. But as Mary Carroll emphasized, <clears throat> Dogen's study this is a thoroughgoing, inside out, upside down, turning over of the object of study, where we look at the teachings from every perspective, not just our habituated human perspective, but from the perspective of the water, the mountains, the fish and the bird, for example. And we are invited to really open up our viewpoint to include everything. We study in non-linear ways, in different and radical ways that may not make sense. Mm. It could very well be that this sense-making, caught up by logic, is holding us back somehow. And I would add that Dogen's study this is another way of saying zazen. Sit with this. Fold this into your meditation. Inhale and exhale the sutra, this teaching this experience right now directly. And if this is the case, then this Zendo is also our study hall. And I trust you all have your hall pass permission slips. <laughs> so today I'll share some koans and some stories with you about the ordinary and the holy, which is the name of this Dharma talk. Actually, it's ordinary or holy. The sacred and the profane or maybe mundane would be more accurate sacred and the mundane do they do they inherently oppose one another can they exist independently and what does their interdependence look like where's the boundary the true threshold is there one first story involves a radical rinzai zen monk and poet and later a zen master and abbot named ikyu sojin born 13, 
94, died 1481. He was uh, an eccentric iconoclast. Dickey was famous and infamous for his habit of breaking monastic rules and teachings, and his affinity for drinking to excess garnered him a reputation as a troublemaker in many circles. <clears throat> in the Rinzai Zen tradition, he is both a heretic and a saint. He was among the few Zen priests who, who addressed the subject of sexuality from a religious context, and he stood out for arguing that enlightenment was deepening was deepened by partaking in romantic love and sex, including prostitutes and monastic homosexuality. He believed that sex was part of human nature and therefore purer than hypocritical organizations and worldly pursuits. Mm. At the same time, he warned the prevailing institutional Zen establishment against its bureaucratic politicizing. So uh, I'll add a disclaimer here. A disclaimer might be in order at this time. <laughs> Here we go. The views expressed by Ikki Sojin are his alone and do not, <laughs> do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Houston Zen Center <laughs> or its members. <laughs> now back to the conversation. <laughs> Today, Ikki Sojin is celebrated for his contribution uh, to infusing Japanese art and literature with Zen practice and Zen culture. He was one of the most famous mendicant flute players in medieval Japan, as well as a renowned calligrapher. He's also credited as one of the great influences of, on the uh, Japanese tea ceremony. Uh, there was even a long running animated TV series about his adventures called Ikyu-san. So the uh, story that follows is called Ikyu's Bones. Zen master Ikyu was staying in a temple the night was very cold and he had no blankets. He was a beggar and the whole temple was so cold being made of stone. In the night he couldn't sleep. So he went into the Buddha hall, found a wooden Buddha statue, made a fire using the statue as statue as uh, fuel and enjoyed and delighted in the fire. The sound of the fire and Ikkyu moving around woke up the director of the temple. Seeing the fire inside the Buddha hall, he came running. And when he saw that one of the Buddhas was missing, there were three in the hall. He looked at the fire. It was almost burnt down now. And of course, he was really mad. And he said to Ikkyu, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You have burnt my Buddha. You have committed a grave trans transgression. And we were thinking that you were an enlightened man. The fire was going down now. And Ikkyu started to poke in the ashes. And the director asked, what are you doing? Ikkyu said, I'm trying to find the Buddha's bones so they can be preserved. The director started laughing, seeing this as ridiculous. Mm. He said, this is a wooden Buddha. There's an, there, are, there are no bones. You are crazy. And Ikkyu said, then let's burn the other two Buddhas. The night is long and very cold. <laughs> Outraged, the director kicked him out of the temple. <clears throat> when morning came, the priest stepped out of the temple and spotted Ikkyu. Uh, prostrating to the milestone, the mile marker a bit down the road. The director could not contain his curiosity. He asked, now what are you doing, madman? Ikkyu said, I am, worship I am worshiping the Buddha every morning. That's what I do. And the story ends there. Yeah. So here we see this uh, Zen iconoclasm image breaking at play 
while my take is while Ikkyu freely utilizes the Buddha statue and knows the milestone as Buddha nature, the director is caught up in idolatry, idolatry. I never say that word, so it's new to me. Caught up in worshiping idols, form and appearance, stuck in his narrow opinions of, of what is mundane and what is sacred. Maybe, perhaps, upon seeing Ikkyu prostrating in front of the milestone, the director gains some insight. We can look at the interplay, this interplay, of the sacred and the mundane from the perspective of the absolute in Bodhidharma's encounter with Emperor Wu. This koan is case number one from the Book of Serenity called Bodhidharma's Vast Emptiness, No Holiness. Emperor Wu told Bodhidharma that he had built many temples and given great financial support to the monastic community. He asked the patriarch how much merit had he gained from these actions. Bodhidharma replied, none whatsoever. Perplexed and probably a bit angry, Emperor Wu then asked Bodhidharma, what is the ultimate meaning of the holy truth of Buddhism? Bodhidharma replied, vast emptiness, no holiness. The emperor then asked, who stands before me? Bodhidharma replied, don't know. So core Emperor Wu, he, did he recognize Bodhidharma's response as compassion? This was Bodhidharma's probably painful gift to Emperor Wu. Bodhidharma was teaching Emperor Wu about the emptiness of the three wheels, the giver, receiver, and gift. Therefore, given emptiness, there's no merit, there's no lack of merit, there's no giver of merit, and no receiver of merit. This is the teaching of non-self and emptiness. And the same goes for the ultimate meaning, the ultimate meaning of the holy truth of Buddhism. Vast emptiness, no holiness. Bodhidharma let clear of any dualistic notions of holiness as separate from unholy or of merit gained by a separate being. So the next story is also from the Book of Serenity. It's case number 22, and it's called <clears throat> Yun Toes Bow and Shout. And today, I just want to examine uh, the main case, but you should know that there is uh, a preamble to this story, appreciatory verses, commentaries, and commentaries on the commentaries. When Yun To came to Deshan, he straddled the threshold and asked, Ordinary or holy? Deshan immediately shouted. Yuntao bowed. When Yuntao came to Deshan, he straddled the threshold and asked, Ordinary or holy? Deshan immediately shouted. Yuntao bowed. So, what is on either side of this threshold? Yuntao on one side and Deshan on the other side. Could be anything. The temple gate the entrance to the Buddha hall or the Zendo, whatever it is and wherever it is, Yuntao has one foot in and one foot out as he straddles the threshold. And he asks Dashan, his teacher, ordinary, holy. And Dashan immediately shouts and Yuntao bows. Ordinary or holy? From the perspective of non-dual traditions, <clears throat> the word or is equivalent to the F-bomb. <laughs> it's a trap, a duality trap. 
And if we simply replace the word or for and, then we're good, Quan solved. <laughs> but we Soto folks are not necessarily so much into the koan solving business as we are into turning these stories over thoroughly, much like Dogen's instruction to study this, closely examine these stories from all conceivable, conceivable perspectives and inconceivable perspectives. We examine, we turn the koan, and we are turned by these koans. When Yun Tao came to Dashan, he straddled the threshold and asked, ordinary or holy? Dashan immediately shouted, Yun Tao bowed. I'm not aware of any other spiritual traditions that hold up, that celebrate the ordinary more than Zen Buddhism. We place a great emphasis on the ordinary. We have ordinary mind and everyday Zen, before enlightenment, we chop wood and carry water. And after enlightenment, we still chop wood and carry water. Zazen is good for nothing. And just this is it. After all, Buddha nature is all pervading, taking any and all forms. Is there any room left for holiness? And if the word holy doesn't resonate with you, then call it sacred, the profound, the divine super mundane or awakening on the one hand there's peril danger even in being preoccupied with the sacred and ignoring or hiding from what is in front of us right now dismissing this ordinary moment or activity for something extra something extraordinary elsewhere and then there's the trap of following after peak experiences in meditation and otherwise, and entirely missing out on our lives, and perhaps even more concerning, in our pursuit or preoccupation with the holy, we may become unavailable to others who need us. You may have heard stories about practitioners in the early days of American Zen who abandoned their families to go off to monasteries and Zen communes, turning away from everything and everyone in their in their pursuit of enlightenment, leaving behind these Zen orphans, as was the phrase. So on the one hand, can there be an overemphasis on the ordinary and a shying away from the sacred, <coughs> from awakening? Doesn't Dogen say that the very posture of Zazen is enlightenment, that sitting Zazen is the very enactment, enactment of Buddhahood? So what need is there for concentrated effort? We can be satisfied with the relatively low-hanging fruit of stress reduction and lowered blood pressure, and we can, we can and certainly should enjoy the wholesome kinship of our sangha, of our spiritual friendships. We might think, that's good enough for me. Thank you very much. The ordinary is safe and familiar. Until perhaps some drama or catalyst comes along and we are reminded of our mortality, the inevitable dissolution of the aggregates of form, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. Some drama or catalyst could simply be the sound of a pebble striking some bamboo 
very ordinary event that brought about extraordinary results. At the sound of the pebble, the whole phenomenal world becomes Buddha and the entire sky turns into enlightenment. With a shift in perspective, Nirvana is realized in samsara. Buddhist teachers of old said that we should <laughs> practice as if our heads were on fire. When we truly realize how important life is, how finite, maybe then we can fully embrace the sacred. Here's, here's the, I think this is the pivot or the crux, not ignoring the sacred and not being caught in the ordinary, not ignoring the ordinary and not being trapped in the holy. Song of the Jewel Mayor Samadhi says, turning away and touching are both wrong. So this is the balanced way. It's a quality of engagement. Engagement with dualities and non-duality. Practice our actual lives is straddling the threshold, abiding in this threshold. When Yun Tao came to Dashan, he straddled the threshold and asked, ordinary or holy? Dashan immediately shouted, Yun Tao bowed. Dashan does not hesitate in, in his response to Yun Tao. He lets forth a decisive shout because Zen masters don't shout hesitantly or reluctantly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Dashan's shout cut right through Yun Tao's question. Cut right through ordinary and holy cut through all distinctions all dualities and this shout was enough for young tao who simply bows thank you for that deshan no further questions you can see a similar response with bodhidharma's vast emptiness no holiness which obliterated emperor wu's fussy questions speaking of cutting through there is a 9th century Zen master from the Rinzai tradition named Lin Ji. Lin Ji once said, if you meet the Buddha, kill the Buddha. Actually, the full teaching goes, if you meet the Buddha, kill the Buddha. If you meet the patriarchs, kill the patriarchs. If you meet an Arhat, kill the Arhat. If you meet your parents, kill your parents. In this way, you attain liberation. Another disclaimer. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by Master Rinzai are his alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the Houston Zen Center or its members. We're back to the Dharma talk. I can't have you people leaving here and being like, Moises. <laughs> so Lin Chi's, uh, Lin Chi's intention, his manner of teaching, was to shake the students, shock the students into realizing that they themselves were Buddhas, patriarchs, arhats, and so forth, and that they had no need to depend on, mistakenly objectify, or revere figures external to themselves, that their Buddha nature was closer than their very skin. Shunru, Shunryu Suzuki Roshi said in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, Zen Master will say, kill the Buddha if that Buddha exists somewhere else. Kill the Buddha because you should resume your own Buddha nature. With that, the story that follows is a bit similar to the first story, Ikkyu's Bones, in that it also involves desecrating Buddha statues and people getting upset over it. 
It's called Dismantling the Buddha Statue. On a very cold winter night, a poor unemployed man dropped into a Buddhist temple, kneeled in front of the main Buddha statue. After saying a prayer to the Buddha, he burst into tears and started to cry. The monk in charge of the temple, Dharma Master Wing, approached him and asked what happened. You're venerable, replied the poor man. My wife and kids have been hungry for several days. I've tried my best to support them, but I could not find work anywhere in town. Now, because of the weather, I'm suffering from severe arthritis and other diseases. I think my family would not last any longer. That's why I come here to pray to the Buddha and ask him to alleviate my sufferings. Master Wing pondered and said, as Buddhist monks, we do not have any money. How can we help him in such an emergency? As he looked at the gold-plated Buddha statue in the main hall, he suddenly had an idea. He ordered his students to remove the arm of the Buddha, peel the gold off the arm, and he gave it to the unemployed poor man and said, sell, sell this to the goldsmith and use the proceeds for your emergency, he told the poor man. Hmm. All the other monks were shocked at his decision and protested. How can you break off the arm of the Buddha statue and give it away? Master Wing said calmly, you monks, you monks do not understand the Dharma. I do this to honor the Buddha himself. The other monks were confused and angry. You are breaking the Buddha statue to pieces. How can this be considered to be an honor to Buddhism and the Buddha himself? Master Wing replied, I do honor our religion and the founder, the Buddha himself. Even though I am going to hell for this after, I am still going to break up the statue and give it away. Under, under the order from the master, the monks had no choice but to start chipping off the gold plate from the statue. But they surely did not like doing this. They started to murmur, we are breaking up the Buddha statue to pieces and giving it away. And our master says that this is an honor to Buddhism. What an anti-religious idiot. <laughs> Upon hearing this, Master Wing could, no could not stand it any longer. He shouted out loudly, don't you fools study the Buddha scriptures? Before he became a Buddha in his previous life, Prince Siddhartha gave himself up to feed a hungry tiger cut his own flesh to feed a hungry eagle, and donated his own eye to cure someone's eyesight. He donated everything, including his body parts for the well-being of other sentient beings. Do you understand his teachings at all? So in all the striving, in all the striving for holiness, this fetishizing of idols and statues, these monks would rather see a family starve or a traveling monk freeze. Mm. Caught up in the holy, ignoring the ordinary needs of sentient beings. Master Wing understood. Ikkyu understood. And I think that Yung Tao and Dashan together met each other at that moment. So the two truths of reality, absolutes and the relative, do not oppose one another, and we cannot hinder enlightenment, says Dogen. Absolute and relative, practice, realization, ordinary and the sacred. Let's allow the quality of this engagement, this relationship to be balanced and wholehearted. Touching the heart mind is our practice today and straddling thresholds is none other than the middle way. Let's study this thoroughly.
Thank you.